Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right, you're going to want to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12. So when I walked in this morning, um, I don't know if this is how it is for you guys, but I walked in and I saw some faces and I was like, oh, and I actually stopped and looked them in the eyes, which sometimes I don't do. Uh, sometimes we don't do when we see people. And um, it, uh, uh, Kim didn't mention this in the family business. I don't think it was part of it, but it reminded me why we started uh, the Oak Ridge trip. So we have the Oak Ridge trip uh, after Christmas. We usually used to do it the day after Christmas. Then we did it two days after. It all depends on where that weekend falls. And uh, so we're doing it the 27th through the 29th. So when you see the little visual up there that has the tree with all the leaves, you know, the needles. They're not called leaves, right? They're called needles, right? Nobody responds to me when I'm up here. You guys just leave me hanging. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them needles, and if that's wrong, it's your fault because you didn't tell me. There we go. So I think those are needles. I know we call them needles. I don't know if that's the official technical arbologist term, um, but it's the 29th through the 31st, and the beauty of that trip, I and mean, we're going through this series called A Simple Church, and when we very first planted the church like seven-something years ago, we did this trip right away because it was, it just seemed normal that if you're going to have this group of believers that wouldn't you want to just get away with each other. So that's why we call it the all-church retreat, the all-church. And the whole purpose is for us to get away with each other, to rest, because some of you are going to feel like that tree after the season. And so it is a time of rest. If you don't come back refreshed, um, well, I don't want to say we didn't do what we planned, but the plan is for you to come back refreshed because you're probably going to be beat up going into that. Uh, so for that purpose, that's why we have this. And it's, it's also a great excuse to look people in the eye and get that more time with each other. I mean, as a church, you should have a group you're in where you get to spend time with each other and go deep. But at the same time, there's a bunch of people you don't get to spend time with. And this is a time not only spend with the people that you're with all the time, but also to stop, breathe, and look some people in the eye that you don't get to be with very often. So that's what that is. Um, that wasn't in the agenda for this morning, but as I walked in and looked Russ Landis right in the eye, I went, I'd really like to hang with him. Just hang. So there you go. Uh, so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, that's the primary verse we're going to be hanging on. But this whole series, we've been going through the simple church. And we've hit on a bunch of different ideas, but the purpose behind it is that we really wanted to kind of go over the DNA of who we as a church are called to be. And uh, when we planted this church, it was based off of the way Paul and Barnabas and Silas went around from church to church and defined to them what their churches should look like. Churches are going to look different everywhere, but there's something they all have in common. And so we wanted to go through those common things so that we get back to the basics and not get caught up in what our culture tells us a church is, but what it should be, what the scripture teaches us. Now, there are some big churches and small churches. Being a big church doesn't mean you're simple. Being a small church doesn't mean you're simple. It means simple means that you are focused on the simplicity of what God has called us to. And as we talked about, 80% of the churches are small, or at least what you would consider small because you live in Orange County. So you know there's these big churches, and you think, oh, that's the goal. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be focused on the simple mission that we've been given. 
And so we talked about David and Goliath and him using his strengths. And so we, as a body of Christ, just like the other churches, need to focus on what are our strengths and we need to use them. We talked about what our mission is, and we talked about Paul and Barnabas and Silas. We're a church for people that don't go to church, which means our focus is outside here. We care for each other, we love each other, we care for our neighbor, but at the same time, there's a distinct focus for us that we want people to know this good news. Uh, We also talked about the reality that a lot of times churches start to take on the identity of the culture, and we've been trained since we were younger um, that... uh, You know, I want it my way. And the customer is always right. But that's not the way it works in a church. In a church, like we talked about, when you come, um, you're the one, you're entering into a group saying, I'm here to serve. Set me loose. Whoever does that, whoever thinks that way nowadays. In fact, Eugene Peterson said it this way. He said, "Um, churches have turned into storefronts. Which means they're trying to go, bang, come on, come on, look what we have to offer. Come on in, come on in. That's not our goal. That's never the intention of what a church was supposed to be. In fact, the, definite, the literal name church means the called out ones. And so it shouldn't surprise you at all when you hear God call you into doing something. Or in a very practical sense, when you hear Dave Jansen go, hey, hi, how you doing? Yeah, just wondering, can you help out with this? Like that shouldn't surprise you. You literally get a call. Or today, call it a text. So... Um, but where you get that, that literal call, that's what it means to be part of a church where you're saying, God has brought me here, he's going to use me. And what we're going to talk about this morning is the fact that he has given you something. God has literally, practically given you something. We've done this before, um, where underneath one of the chairs here, there's $100, okay? A lot of you just got really excited, Woohoo! except it's not for you. So... It's not there, by the way, this Sunday. <laughs> Times are hard. But we've done it before. I, just, I thought about it this morning, so that's why we didn't do it. And I looked at my wallet, and I don't have that much money. So underneath your chair, we would have a $100 bill. And we said, okay, everybody check. And they'd get all excited. And we're saying, now this week, you've got to use that. Ask God how you can best use this to serve others. And then next Sunday, come back and let us know how you did that. And people would stress and freak out. In fact, now I know we've got to do it in the next three weeks because I'm just so excited about it. So I'm going to put a $100 bill under someone's chair, and it'll be a chair nobody's sitting in, and you're going to have to look around. First one to find it, you win. And they would say, you know, this is more stressful. Just, I, I don't want this. Can I give it to somebody else? Because it felt like a burden to give it to someone else. But when you become a follower of Christ, you are given a spiritual gift. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You are given a literal spiritual gift, not an ability, not a talent, not a personality, a gift, a spiritual gift for spiritual purposes. Literally, you are given one. And the point of that is like with that $100 bill that you would give it for others. It's not like you get this superpower of invisibility so you can see what you can do with it for yourself. It's meant to be given away. In the words of uh, Uncle Ben to Spider-Man, with great, thank you, with great power comes great response. Who who did that quote? Was that Hoku? That is not the person I expected it to come from. Did not know you were a superhero geek. Good to know. I just watched two of them this weekend, by the way. I'm, I'm I'm the superhero nerd. 
I watch them all dressed up like all of them, made my kids dress up like for in a Halloween. Um, so you each have a spiritual gift, and we're going to go through that. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12. And you guys all know what it's like to get a gift, right? You get a gift, um, or what I mean by you get a gift is like when you were younger, you had a sibling. If you didn't have a sibling, you don't understand this, or maybe it was for your, someone else in your family where your parents, you know, gave you money, took you, let you pick out the gift, and then you had to give it to someone else that was in your house. You know what that's like, right? But because you were younger, you had that gift. You went, I'm going to give a gift that I get to use, right? Like for me, I remember my brother, it was, um, uh, it was way before razors. They had big wheels, and then they wanted to improve the big wheel. So it's like the evolution from the big wheel before you got to the razor, it was the green machine. And it was like this green, like weird thing where both the wheels turned. It really wasn't that great. But it was better than the big wheel. And so my mom's like, what do you want to get for your brother, Kirk? And I'm like, let's get him what I want. Because I know it'll be there when he's not using it. I'm the older brother. Besides, I can just pretty much take it from him. Let's give him the green machine. That's how we think. But this, these spiritual gifts that we're talking about, they're not meant for us. They're given to us to be given away for the sole purpose of us giving it away. Now, you get joy and fulfillment from it, but it's meant to be given away. 1 Corinthians 12, right off the bat, um, Paul says to this church in Corinth, and by the way, this church in Corinth, we, we've gone through the book of Corinthians before, they were some messed up people. You know how sometimes you go to a church or you go to some Christian gathering, and you're like, what is that person doing here, right? Like, they're, they're not living a life anything like, that was the whole church of Corinth, which is why he had to keep writing them letters all the time. We know of two he wrote, and there's another one he wrote that we didn't get access to, but we know, because he just kept writing them, going, guys, what is going on with you? And yet with this church, he's talking to them about their spiritual gifts. So when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're given this gift, even if, you're, even if you're just all over the place. And if you're completely confused like this church was, that doesn't mean you don't have that spiritual gift. And he says right in the beginning, I do not want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Or as this translation says, now concerning what you wrote about the gifts from the Holy Spirit, I want you to know the truth about them. Because a lot of times when he, when he talks about being ignorant, it means you just don't have the facts. And I was just uh, with a good friend of mine, and, we, and uh, he teaches at another church. And I said, so what would you teach about spiritual gifts? And he said, well, you know, I would, I would talk about the love and the joy and the peace and the patience. And I went, you know that's not the spiritual gifts, right? And he's like, what? I went, no, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's not the spiritual gifts. He's like, well, it's a good thing I'm not teaching on that then. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that teaches at a church. And so the reality is there are so many of us that are ignorant of the spiritual gifts. We're like, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you what we're not talking about. We're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Notice it's singular, fruit. Not the fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit. We're not talking about that this morning. That's different than spiritual gifts. The fruit of the Spirit is when the Spirit is present, you'll know because there's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we sing about this morning. The Holy Spirit is God's presence, is, is God's interaction with us today. That's how we interact with God is through this Holy Spirit. And so there is fruit in our lives when He is present. And when that is not coming out, we're like, okay, the Spirit of God is not leading me right now. If I'm not filled with patience, then something, then I need to step back. 
because the Spirit is not what's leading me right now. But that's not what we're talking about. Um, there's another thing that we, we go through. Um, can you show the shape slide? So, um, so it's a little off of the screen because we're a simple church. Uh, <laughs> but that spells shape. And we took this from another church because it's a great tool to help people to discover their shape and how to serve. Um, spiritual gifts is the top one. Not because it's more important, it just that's the way you can spell shape. So S and then heart, which means what you love to do. The spiritual gifts are not what you love to do. That's not what that is. Oh, thanks, Brad. Um, abilities. Abilities is something you're born with or you're taught. Um, but that's not the spiritual gift. Personality. You know, you take those personality tests or whatever, like I like to be with people, I like to work in groups. That's not what this, this is. I'm an ENFP, I'm an INFJ, I'm a whatever you are, or I'm a lion, I'm a sheep, I'm a whatever personality t- test you took, that is part of who you are, but that's not a spiritual gift. An experience you've been through, whether it be tough, most likely difficult, because most of your difficult things you've gone through are gifts that you can give to others, but that's not the spiritual gift. It may feel like a gift, your experiences. It may sometimes feel like a burden, but that is not what we're talking about when we talk about a spiritual gift gift. A spiritual gift, to be very simple, is a gift that is given by the Holy Spirit, by God himself, for the purpose of you using it to build up the church and to change the world. And the thing is, as soon as I bring that up, you're like, well, how do I know what it is? How many do I get? We're going to go through the truths in the word of God on what it teaches about spiritual gifts. There's so many other truths, but we're going to hit 10 of them. So we're going to start with the first one right now. So 10 truths about spiritual gifts. Now, you have these little note cards with pens all around you. Um, You can grab the sticker, but we'd love you to grab this too. By the way, with the stickers, uh, when Hairspray made them, he made four different kinds. You didn't notice it, because that's the little nuances that he does. So one's black, one's white, one's black with some white, one's White with black in the middle. So if you don't like yours, pick another one. But um, those are to be given away, put on your cars, put on your uh, water bottles, hydro flasks, back your phone, back your computer, whatever you want. But next to those are these note cards. And you can write down these, these truths and the scriptures. Okay. This is a truth. Only believers have spiritual gifts. Okay. Only believers followers of Christ, because it's given by the Holy Spirit, only believers have spiritual gifts. That doesn't mean not everybody has abilities or heart or talents or personality or experiences, but the spiritual gifts that we're talking about this morning, those gifts, they are given solely by the Holy Spirit to believers. Now, about these spiritual gifts, um, everyone has at least one spiritual gift. You may have more, you may have more. It doesn't matter. God determines what is needed, where it's needed for the body of Christ. If you're ever wondering where to look in the Bible, for because it's all through the Bible, but on spiritual gifts, the best place to go, because you can remember them, are the 12s. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. And those are the two that we're going to focus on. And so um, I'm just trying to make things more difficult for Heidi. So we go back to the scripture on 1 Corinthians 12. Um, Because I want to take us back, and I want you to look at that 
as it defines the basics of spiritual gifts. So um, this is from the, the Good News Bible Translation. It says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving. So that's different from spiritual gifts. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform the service, but the same God gives ability to everyone for their service. The Spirit's presence is shown in some way in each one, and this is the most important part, for the good of all. So we've been entrusted with these spiritual gifts and with these hearts and these abilities and these personalities and these experiences to give them away to the church first and then outside. That's why they're there. That's why we're here. As we've talked about it being a simple church, that's why we're here. Okay, so now we'll go to, um, back to uh, the second truth. Um, every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Now, when it comes to spiritual gifts, the best way I can define it is from a personal experience with me. So when I was in high school, I went to Kearney High School, I just decided my 10th grade, was my, yeah, my junior year, to follow Jesus. And so I was trying to figure that out, and then my senior year, um, I ran for a student body job, um, but one that wasn't super important, so I didn't have to do too much work. So I chose the vice president one because I figured, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Holly's going to make it through the whole year, so I'm not going to have to be the president. Good to go. Get to hang out with all my friends and serve and whatever, and it'll be fun. So they, we go away to this thing called the, um, actually, I don't know what the official name is, but they take all the, the ASBs, all the student leaderships from every school in San Diego, and we meet at this camp. And San Diego's a big city where I grew up, and so we all meet at this camp. And so it's a big camp, obviously, and there's you know, 15 to 20 leaders from each school, and we're all up there. Um, just because you're in a group of leaders doesn't mean you're a leader. It means somehow, some way, you did a good flyer, you gave a good speech, whatever, you got in there. Uh, you made all your friends vote for you, um, but we were all up there. And so they divided us into four groups, and they said, okay, whoever's the, uh, whoever wants to lead these groups, just, you know, speak up and the group will choose a leader from each group. So we had four groups and this was completely outside of my gifting, my personality. But I, was, I just looked around, I was like, well, I should probably do it. And I didn't think about that at the moment. This is all hindsight. This is all me looking back. And so as I look back, I went, I'll do it. And two other people said yes and they, they voted me in to be the leader of the Banshees. That's the name we came up with. So you know, this huge camp, four teams competing against each other, and we were the Banshees, and I was the leader of the Banshees. And, and through that whole time, there was something new that was going on. Like, I was actually leading people, and it was so natural, so normal, except if you knew me, because I would never do anything like that. No one would ever follow me. I wouldn't want to lead anybody. I'd want to lead people because, I mean, I was popular, and that's, of course, what I really wanted, at, um, just prior to that, it was really, but at this point, I didn't even care. It was like, no, I just, I think I could help out. I think I could make this group move. Now, it was cool that people were like, hey, what's up, Boog? Hey, you know, and you're like, hey, hey, hey. You know, that was kind of a cool little side bonus, like the green machine, like I get to ride it too. But at the time, I really, it was this gift that just wasn't there. And in hindsight, looking back, what I realized was that gift of leadership was a spiritual gift. 
when you take a spiritual gifts test, or more importantly, when you serve, your gifts come to the surface. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But as I look back, I realized that was never there before. That wasn't there when I was in fifth grade. That wasn't there when I was in eighth grade. It wasn't there when I was in tenth grade. It was not part of my personality at all. It was not part of who I was. And yet, for some reason, God said, this is one of the spiritual gifts you're going to get. And when you get it, there's a purpose behind it. It needs to be used. And in hindsight, looking back, I realized that's a spiritual gift. It came during the year that I made the decision to follow Jesus. The, the, the time when I decided to surrender everything to him and say, my life is yours, I don't know how it works. I know the Holy Spirit gives it to us, but I don't know. Did he give it to me at that moment? Was it always in me and it needed the Holy Spirit to like spark it? I don't know how it works. But I know that all of us have a spiritual gift, at least one, when we make that decision to follow Jesus. And it became apparent to me, 18, it was 20 years later, looking back, that I realized, oh, that's a spiritual gift. Because I was ignorant of spiritual gifts. I just figured it was ability or something that just happened. I didn't really think about it. But as you look back, you will start to see patterns of these gifts. Almost like you just reached under your chair and you're like, wow, I didn't know it was there the whole time. So let's look at some of the other truths. No one receives all of the gifts. You don't want all of the gifts. You may look at someone else's gift and go, oh, I'd really like that one. And the person that has that gift is like, oh, I'd really like to give you this one. You know, because some people said, oh, that's so cool. You have that spiritual gift of leadership. And I'm like, do you realize how many people have complained just this week alone about the way that I'm leading? I mean, it's just like this burden. We're like, can someone else have this? Can someone else deal with this? And I look at the people who have this gift of mercy and compassion. They see someone, you know, at the hospital, or they, and they go, oh, I just want to go. I want, and I'm like, I wish that within me something went, just, I want to go. I go. But there's not something within me. I don't have that spiritual gift. I'll see other people have the gift of evangelism, um, where they can talk to people and lead them to Christ. I'm like, I, I don't know how you guys do that. Like, I get freaked out. I get weirded out. And, and it doesn't mean God can't use me in evangelism, but it's not a spiritual gift that I have. I'll look at someone else's gifts of administration. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you organize everything? I wish I could have that. And they're looking at the other person with a gift of mercy going, I wish I had that. And of course, that person's looking at the, get the other person with a gift of uh, miracles. I'm like, I want that one. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Verse, uh, so fourth truth about spiritual gifts. No single gift is given to everyone. That's really important. Because some of you will have a certain gift and you're using it. You don't realize it's a spiritual gift. And then, you know, you're looking over and you're like, Rob, why doesn't Rob do that? Oh, my gosh, why am I the only one doing this? Why isn't Rob doing that? Well, because maybe he doesn't have that gift. You have that gift. You worry about what you are responsible for using. We're all members of the body of Christ. You're responsible for doing that. There may be a few others that have that gift. But don't take your gift and, and project it on other people like they're supposed to have it. And it, the same way that you're not supposed to go, why don't I have that? Is there something wrong with me? No, that's just not the spiritual gift you were given. It wasn't underneath your chair. Number five, you can't earn or work for a spiritual gift. You can pray for it because you see a need and you're like, that needs to be done. Lord, give it to someone. And if not to someone, then give it to me. But somehow let that gift enter this community. This need right here. I see this need. I don't have what that is. Would you provide that either through me or through someone else? But you can't earn or work for. 
It's not like there's an order of them like, okay, if you're really good, you get this one. If you're even better, you get this one. Ooh, yeah, you're not really doing what you should be doing, so we're going to give you that gift. No, they're all equal. The, the hand can't say to the foot, oh, I'm so irritated with the foot. Why do we even have the foot? Seriously. I mean, we all know it's about the hand. You, I mean, it's, it's, and you can't be the foot going, oh, I so wish I could be the heart, the heart of everything. And the heart can't go, oh, I wish I was the brain. Like, everything has a part. Everything plays a part. Six spiritual truth. The Holy Spirit decides what gifts I get. Ultimately, this always comes back to trust. It always comes back to us coming to the Lord and saying, your will be done. Number seven. The gifts I'm given are permanent. And that's an important one to remember. I almost took that out. But I think it's important for us to remember. It doesn't matter what decisions you make. It doesn't matter your behavior. The gift is still there. And it's meant to be used. Number eight. I am to develop the gifts God gives me. If you're given a gift, the gift of administration, or um, the gift of uh, helps, or the gift of pioneering, or as, as your Bible will say, apostleship, if you're given those gifts, you're meant to not only use them, but to learn how to use them and how to get better, get trained in them. Number nine, it's a wrong, or it's wrong, to waste the gifts God gave me. Now, with these gifts, the word wrong could be written, it's a sin. Because sin means wrong. It's the same thing. Or you could say, it's not right to waste the gifts God gave me. They were given to be used. If you had the $100 bill underneath there, and Jessica's like, I'm not using it. I will not use it. And she just brings it back and hands it back. It's like, uh, that was wrong. It was meant to be used. You know, the parable of the talents. Um, Matthew 25, it was meant God has given us resources so they can be used for the benefit of all. And it's wrong not to. You know, some of us go, oh, I wish I had that that gift of healing, that spiritual gift of healing. The craziest thing is, I know of two people specifically that I know have the gift of healing, and they dread it. One girl in particular, um, she knows she has it, and we've pulled her aside and go, you need to go pray for that person. She's like, oh, can't I just, she just wants one of the other gifts. And yet, God has given this gift to her to be used for his purposes. There's times she prays over people and they're not healed. That's not how the gift of healing works. It's not like she walks around, oh, poof, poof, poof. That's not how it works. Just like you can have the gift of teaching. It's not like every time you teach this, people grow from it, no matter how much you develop that gift. But she has this gift to be used. And yet we have some of these gifts and we complain about it or we're afraid of it or we reject it or we're ignorant of it, but it was meant to be used. And the last one that we'll look at for this morning, using my gifts honors God and it expands me. We are calling you as the people of God to use your spiritual gifts, to use your heart, to use your abilities, your personalities, and your experiences. But for this morning, we're focusing on your spiritual gifts, to use them because it honors God, it loves others, but it also expands you. It's hard to describe what that looks like, 
but I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like in my own life. Uh, I was going through the book, uh, a book that was on spiritual gifts, and um, Stephanie, uh, my wife, was, had written through it, and she wrote her notes, and she had her list of spiritual gifts, and as I looked at them, I went, yep, those are yours for sure. And as I've seen her use those, I've seen her just grow. Like, not just that God's produced fruit out of that, but I mean, her personally, she's grown. So it gets down to it. How do you discover your gifts? I'm going to show you just some of the gifts. Um, this is not a comprehensive list, but there's about 22 of them or so. These are lists of some of the spiritual gifts that the Bible teaches about. A lot of these you're going to see in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, and in the other verses that I showed you on those 10 uh, truths about spiritual gifts. These are some of the gifts. And these gifts are underneath all the chairs that are here. Some of you might have multiple, some may only have one. The point is, is they're meant to be used. But to use them, you've got to discover them. And how are you going to discover them? Now we have, um, there's some great online uh, spiritual gift tests. We actually use one here at Branches. Um, someone used their gifts of, I don't know if it was an ability or a spiritual gift, probably a little bit of both, um, of coding and creating. They just create this great test, and it's fairly accurate. But it's based on your experience in serving. So unless you live a life of serving others, then this test is fairly useless for you because the primary way that you're going to discover what's underneath your chair, the primary way you're going to discover your spiritual gift is by serving. That's the way this works. Um, If I hadn't have been put into that position and just just a position of where the opportunity was there to serve, then I, would, I wouldn't have noticed that gift. If, if it didn't pop up for me to, at one time, um, start a youth group, I wouldn't know I have the gift of pioneering. If it wasn't because uh, part of that role was to teach, I wouldn't know I had the ability to teach. I never grew up teaching. I never grew up doing this stuff. And yet I still have to work on it and develop it and grow because I know that there's more to learn. And yet, the only way to discover that is by serving. So for the next three weeks, we've talked about this, we have the registry. So for some of you, you walk in, oh, what's all the, uh, the wedding writing for? So in the very back, if you turn around, you see where it says serve? On that little brown thingy back there? No, really, turn around. <laughs> it says serve. So it's like a wedding registry. So like if you were to go to um, uh, Crate and Barrel. Nobody goes to Crate and Barrel anymore, do they? That's when I got married. Do people still register at Crate and Barrel or is it just Target and REI? Okay, people go to Crane Barrel. Okay. Bed, Bath, and Beyond. I've never walked in the place, but I heard people go there for wedding stuff. So these are different ways to serve. There's, these are different needs in this family and outside. And for those of you that aren't serving somewhere, go back there and look. And once you take that card, that card's gone. That's in your presence. You have it. Um, but the way you're going to discover these spiritual gifts is by serving. The way you're going to discover some of your abilities is by serving. The way you're going to discover what things fit and which ones don't sometimes are by, you're going, well, that's not my spiritual gift. That doesn't mean you don't still serve in that area. Sometimes you just have to serve because there's a need. We don't go, well, you know, I've got a spiritual gift in miracles, so I really can't help towing the trailer because I'm kind of a big deal. But if you need something miraculous done, the hands are right here. That's not how it works because someone's still got to tow the trailer, which, by the way, what are we down to now, Dave? Three. three. We got three people towing the trailer, which means that on any given Sunday, 
you could show up. None of these speakers will be here, none of that, and I'm going to be yelling from up here, and the people are going to be banging on their guitars really loud, and the singers are going to lose their voices because we couldn't get the stuff here. So sometimes you just got to do something because it's got to be done. But we also want you to know your spiritual gifts and use them because they were given to you for a reason. All of our resources, our heart, our abilities, our personality, our experience, our time, our treasure, all of that was given to be surrendered back to God for his purposes for the good of all. So let's finish with this. Um, Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. If you could put that verse back up. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to everyone for their service. The Spirit's presence is shown in some way in each one for the good of all. Now, this is 1 Corinthians 12. And if you've been to a wedding, you have heard of, you've heard, most likely, 1 Corinthians 13, because it's always shared at weddings. And I told you 1 Corinthians 12 talks so much about the body of Christ and about our spiritual gifts. And then it, it does it again in chapter 14. But then right sandwiched in the middle is chapter 13. And that's where you, you'll hear the passage, love is patient, love is kind. And you hear that at weddings all the time. But the greatest of these is love. But right before it does that, right after it talks about the spiritual gifts, it says this. Because with our spiritual gifts and our heart and our abilities and our personality and our experience, they're meant to be used in love. Which means meant to be used for the purpose of giving away to others. That's what love is. To pour yourself out, to die for another. Which is what Christ has done for us. The epitome of love, the very definition of love is him going to the cross for us. And so with these gifts, with these abilities, these personalities, these hearts, these, ex- these experiences, remember this. 1 Corinthians 13.1 I may be able to speak the languages of human beings and even of angels. Spiritual gift. But if I have no love, my speech is no more than a noisy gong or a clanging bell. I may have the gift of inspired preaching. I may have all the knowledge and understand all secrets. I may have all the faith needed to move mountains. All of those, spiritual gifts. But if I have no love, I am nothing. I may give away everything I have and even give up my body to be burnt. But if I have no love, this does me no good. Not just others, but it does us no good. And then it goes on to say love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up. And its faith, hope, and patience never fail. I'm going to invite our worship team up, and they are going to lead us in prayer. Could you join me in standing, please? Father God, I ask that you would let us not be ignorant, let us not be unknowledgeable of these spiritual gifts. As a church, as we try to help people discover these gifts, to help train them in these gifts, and to send them out with these gifts, Lord, we ask that you would be the one that leads. 
we ask that you would give us eyes to see and the courage to step forward. And above all, Lord, that you would teach us love. Teach us how to pour ourselves out for others. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can all be seated just real quick. I just wanted to share something. Um, I was thinking about um, just what we have set up in the back for people um, to find what the needs at branches are. And hopefully um, some of your spiritual gifts that we've been talking about might line up with some of those needs. Or um, maybe um, you might just need to jump into something and then kind of explore what your gift leads you to through that. But um, I am in a women's small group and this gal um, in our group shared something in group and of course I'm like hey would you share that on stage and she like immediately broke into like sweats and was like no like so and she's really sweet so it was like shocking the way she was like so no (laughs) but um so anyways I'm just going to share something that she had um shared with us doing doing the study um talking about serving and um she has a really really busy um, work schedule. She used to be um, have a really busy school schedule, and she had taken a break from serving at branches because she's tired, and um, she has a lot going on, and she was worried um, that getting up early or whatever, you know, all this stuff we think about. So she decided she wanted to start again. She texted me, hey, do you guys need help? Of course, I said, yes, come this Sunday. Like, we'll put you to work for setup. So she showed up, um, I had her setting up chairs, you guys. And um, first of all, she was super nervous about it and sweet because we all want to make the chairs look good for Dennis. And um, (laughs) so, uh, but then afterwards, like a couple weeks later, she was sharing about her experience here and she was saying, um, you know, she was just setting up chairs, but it was uh, something happened. Like the she felt like a part of, she felt like she accomplished something, having seen this room empty and then having seen it come to life. And that is what is so cool. Um, and, And then also she was like, and then I wasn't even tired all day. Like that feeling that I got that morning carried me through the entire rest of the day. And I was like thinking about it. I'm all, yeah, that's why I love being there, you know, hear the worship team warm up and I don't know, um, that I just wanted to share her experience because she was actually really surprised uh, by what that did for her, and she thought, um, you know, that she would need to, she would be drained and have to go home and take a nap, but it was the opposite effect, so. (laughs) Um, Please check out um, this beautiful display. Megan did so much work. Janet did so much work. It's gorgeous. Uh, Check it out, and um, put your name down for something, and then then we can just go from there, so I just want to pray for our morning. Lord, thank you. Um, You have brought each person here this morning um, for a specific reason, and we just pray um, just a covering over each and every person who's walked through, Lord, um, that you would just carry them through this day, that they can know a little bit deeper how much they are loved, and um, that they could reach out their hand to another person and share something that you have shared with them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.